0: continued on the Not the Artist podcast from Grant Memorial Church. Hi, friends, and welcome to September's episode of Canvas Continued. In this show, we are continuing the conversation from our Canvas events. Each month at Canvas, we are focusing on a different theme, and this podcast throughout the year will be part of that focus. And depending on the theme each month, we will be releasing teaching, uh, interviews, and other segments on this show. In the month of October, our Canvas theme is Spiritual Disciplines. This month, we are focusing on the importance of spiritual disciplines in our lives, and how important it is for each of us to be engaged in regular spiritual practices so that we can grow in our personal relationship with God. Spiritual disciplines, simply put, are the way that we grow closer with God each day of our lives, and as a result, how we grow to become more like Christ. So we are excited to be focusing on them during our events and podcast this month at Canvas. Now, this is a simple but important theme. I think that all of us know the importance of spiritual disciplines on a theoretical level. If you were raised in church, if you went to summer camp, if you went to youth, then you were reminded over and over again how important it is to be, for example, reading your Bible and praying. But we have also all gone through seasons of life where we become too busy or distracted to put them into practice. You've probably been through good seasons, ones where you were regularly engaged in spiritual disciplines and you've probably felt the positive effects of this discipline. But we have all also likely been through times where we forget or are hesitant to engage in spiritual disciplines. Therefore, in this month's show, it is our prayer that you are reminded of the importance of spiritual disciplines and that you are invited to honestly reflect on your own life and whether or not you are being disciplined in your spiritual life. In this episode, I will be teaching on spiritual disciplines throughout the show. In particular, I will be providing a brief summary of a few of the spiritual practices that Richard Foster describes in his book, the celebration of discipline. Uh, we will also have a few brief testimonies about spiritual disciplines sent in by young adults in our community, and we're also going to be sharing an interview with Cheryl Lee Smith, who is the Director of Worship at our church. It's all coming up on the show today.
1: Hey guys this is madison with the canvas community team i just wanted to say hey i miss you all so much and i also wanted to share about a spiritual discipline that i've been uh relearning about in the last couple weeks so at the start of october my husband and i got married so super exciting it's been a busy month um but right before our wedding we were kind of packing up some stuff in my house um just you know notebooks and books and all kinds of things that moved to the new house. And I came across this massive pink binder that I had stored under my bed. And I forgot about it entirely, but it was filled with pages and pages of loose leaf. And they're all torn all over the place. Just, I don't know, it was shoved under my bed. So you can imagine the condition, but it was actually filled with prayers. And so I had started that journal or that binder when I was in grade seven or eight. And way back then I had made an effort to every night, write a page. And it was just a way for me to stay awake. <laughs> like I would lie down and go, go pray and try and be with God. And then I would fall asleep moments later. I, it's blessing and a curse. I can fall asleep really quickly, but it meant that I was just losing my time with God. And that was so sad. So anyways, someone recommended to me that I just start writing just cause you have to be awake to be writing. Um, and I have loved, loved, loved that advice. Um, it's really slowed down my time with God in such a special way, because instead of me just being like, dear God, here's my day. This is the stuff I need your great goodbye which my mind tends to do. I could talk a lot and think a lot really quickly. So having it slowed down and I have to write at the pace of my hand has just been so great. Um, but anyways, it started out as a discipline. It was something I knew I needed to do even back in junior high and high school of, of spending time with God. Um, but now, right before our wedding, it was such a treasure that God turned around right back at me because I thought it, I thought spiritual disciplines were something we do um, just for God. and it, and even then it's so worth it, but it's just for Him. It's just for bringing Him praise and for learning about Him and doing all these things. But this time, God just, like I said, He turned it around. He made it into such a treasure and a gift He gave right back to me at such a special time. Um, Especially this year, it's been wild for all of us. We've been apart, it's been uh, lonely for many of us. We're missing community, um, just even because of COVID. But reading through some of those prayers again, God was just like Madison. I'm right here. Like, what are you? T- what are you freaking out about? You are so protected, and and we are just so loved as a community and as a church, um, as individuals. And I think just reading through those prayers, I got to see my grade eleven prayer requests, which is kind of cringy because some of them are a little weird. But it's been so beautiful to see how God's grown us as people, and to go back. Um, I'm just so blessed to have done that in the past. And so I actually haven't done this in a long time. I haven't written down my prayers, um, the way I used to anyways, and it used to be pretty regimented. Um, so there's got to be an in between for me, but I think that it just reminded me now how much of a yeah, it's a give and take. Like these spiritual disciplines aren't just a one-way street. Like God really meets us there and then re-meets us when we find it again. And I'm sure we'll re-meet me again in 10 years when I find the binder one more time. Um, but it's just something I've been looking forward to getting into again. So as we've now moved into our new house and we're in, Matt and I are into new routines and um, we're just getting into a new rhythm, it's been so beautiful to take that time and I don't know, re-immersed, like just get back into it again and pull out the pen and who cares what piece of paper I have or what color the pen is. Um, You don't always have to go back and read it, but it was just such a great lesson for me about um, that discipline right before I marriage, right before things get crazy and calm all at the same time and, and we get into new rhythms. It was like, come to me, spend this time. You won't regret it. And and he's just so excited to meet us there. So I would encourage you to try it. If it's taking out a full piece of loose leaf like I did, awesome. If it is writing in your Bible like I also do, great. <laughs> I know that's kind of illegal for some of you if you're like, oh my gosh, never write in the Bible. Holy. Uh, write it on a sticky note. I don't think it matters. Um, but for me, the spiritual discipline that I've loved and I've been so thankful for the leader who Um, recommended it to me and and saw saw my need and that I needed to slow down and said try this so yeah try out journaling see what it does for you see where God can meet you and I'm looking forward to seeing um, how it can encourage you guys and then also what some of your spiritual disciplines are I miss you all love you all tons and we'll talk to you soon bye
2: hi this is Colin and Dom asked me to share what my spiritual disciplines have been like recently and Yeah. So generally I'll start my day in a time of prayer and this might be while I'm showering, might be like while I just woke up. Um, But generally I'll I'll ask God just to make the day his and um, for me to be constantly looking out and aware of what he wants and what he's trying to speak to me. Um, Now that doesn't mean that I get life rattling uh, visions every day, but what it what it does for me is creates a awareness and a president in my mind of now everything from this point on. I need to be looking at how my life is affecting others and how uh, my life can be affected in a, a godlike sense. Um, that's been huge for me because if I if I start my day just scrolling through Instagram or uh, looking at Facebook, I'll find that I get distracted right away. And then I go shower, I get back on my phone, still distracted. I go throughout my entire day and I might not, uh, pray once. I might not worship once. And, um, but when I, when I do pray in the morning and declare that the day is for God and that's how I want to live it, I find every decision that I make, every, experience that happens, I'm just a lot more aware of, okay, is this God trying to tell me something? Is this just an experience happening? Or can I, uh, bless somebody today? Um, so yeah, that's one thing. And then I'm also doing, uh, devos through Bible gateway. Uh, this is a bit more recent. Um, but I've found that if I, there's a pretty direct correlation of reading the Bible daily and being able to hear from God. Um, now, I don't hear spoken word from God. Uh, I I often get more a feeling or any or something like that. Um, but I also find that if I'm in a time where I'm not reading my Bible every day, it becomes very difficult to yeah just be aware of those things. Um, but every every season of my life where I've been continuously reading the Bible and praying every day. I just find I'm so much more aware and those worship nights become so, so much more impactful to me. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's what my spiritual disciplines have been like for the past couple months.
0: Although it was first published in 1978, The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster remains an important work in Christian writing on spiritual disciplines. In fact, Christianity Today named it as one of the 10 best books of the 20th century, and it has remained, even to this day, one of the most influential books on spiritual practice. In this episode, I will briefly review a few of the spiritual disciplines that Foster covers in his book. We're not going to go too deep into any one of them, but the point of this is to give you an overview of the disciplines that he covers. He organizes them into three categories, what he calls the inward disciplines, the outward disciplines, and the corporate disciplines. Now, by corporate disciplines, he means disciplines that people do as a group, what churches do when they come together. And we're going to be reviewing many of those in the coming months. So for this episode, we will focus on the inward and outward disciplines that Foster discusses in his book. Of course, because we're only going a little bit into each one, we also encourage you to read this book for yourself, as I have and many others have found it very helpful. So first, we'll discuss the inward disciplines. In the book, Foster names four disciplines that are inwardly focused. In other words, these are spiritual practices that we are invited and encouraged to engage in for internal personal growth. These are disciplines that help us grow deeper in our relationship with God. Now, before we go into these four disciplines that Foster describes, it should be said right at the beginning that all of these disciplines are not simply meant to be understood on a theoretical level. They are meant to be understood on an experiential level. And so if all we do here is listen to this podcast, understand mentally what these disciplines are, but never practice them, we're not going to get anywhere. It is not enough for us to agree with Foster that these disciplines are important. Rather, we must put them into action if we want to grow deeper in our relationship with God. Therefore, as I walk through these disciplines, I would encourage you... reflect on your own life and how you can create space to begin or continue practicing these disciplines. The first inward discipline that Foster describes is meditation. In the book, he describes the importance of meditating on God's Word each day of our lives and how this meditation allows us to understand the Bible on a deeper level. In one place, he says that Christian meditation, very simply, is the ability to hear God's voice and obey his word. It is that simple. He explains that it is incredibly important that we are not just reading and studying scripture, as we'll talk about in a bit, but rather that we are slowly meditating on it, that we are regularly creating space to slow down, to be silent, and to reflect on the words we read and what they mean for us. Now, regarding practical instruction, Foster makes it clear that the only way to learn how to meditate is to meditate. But he offers a few suggestions. First, to set aside specific times in your day for meditation. He also teaches us that physical space is important and that we should find somewhere that is quiet and free from interruption. But finally, there's no secret or or mantra when it comes to meditation. We just simply read God's word slowly. We reread sections of it a number of times, and we ask God to speak to us through it. Meditation is how we move from understanding God's Word on an intellectual level to understanding it on a personal level. The second inward discipline that Foster describes is prayer. Now, of course, this is connected to meditation. As we are reading slowly and meditating on Scripture, we also speak to God And we listen as we ask him to speak back to us. For Foster, prayer is more than just a good idea. He says that all who have walked with God have viewed prayer as the main business of their lives. Therefore, in addition to meditation, it is also important that we are regularly making space in our lives for prayer. To speak with God, to praise him, to bring our requests to him, and to pray for other people. Foster warns against making prayer too complicated. Rather, he encourages us to come to God as children come to their father. We are to come to God certainly in reverence, but we can also come to him in prayer, in intimacy, and trust. The third inward discipline that Foster writes about is fasting. Now, he speaks specifically about fasting from food. But he also notes that we can fast from really anything in our lives. Fasting is an important spiritual discipline because it, in his words, reveals the things that transform us. He goes on to say that we often cover up what is inside us with food and other good things, but in fasting, these things surface. Fasting is about stripping away even good or everyday things that we have in our lives in order to create more space, both in our schedules and in our minds, to focus on God. And in this chapter, he argues that if we want to grow in all areas of our lives as we follow Jesus, it is important that we are regularly taking time to fast from anything that may be distracting us from our relationship with Christ. He does not give a specific format for fasting, although he does offer a few practical tips, but makes the point that we should probably walk before we try to run. Maybe try fasting for a day at a time, and taking the time that we would spend eating and preparing food to pray, and maybe look for longer stretches of time after we started there. The fourth inward discipline in this book is study. In this chapter, Foster is referring to the spiritual discipline of studying scripture for the purpose of developing a deeper understanding. Now, this is connected to the spiritual discipline of meditating on scripture, but it is more of an intellectual exercise. In his words, he says that meditation is devotional, but study is analytical. This is the process by which we learn more about what scripture says and learn more how we can apply it. Our everyday lives. He outlines four steps in study as a spiritual discipline. First, repetition, where we memorize scripture and repeat it to ourselves on a regular basis. We need to know scripture. And honestly, opening the Bible, quickly skimming through a few chapters because we're trying to hit our quota for the day is not studying. And it's certainly not meditating. And that brings us to the second step, which is concentration where we set aside intentional time to read scripture. As with meditation, we find a way to create space where there's silence and we're free from distraction, where we can concentrate on scripture. I'll speak personally here and say that I find this step difficult. My brain has been trained through years of using social media and devices that demand my attention that I don't have a great attention span anymore. But I'm asking God to help me to help me grow in becoming more attentive to Him. The third step in studying is comprehension, where we begin to learn on a deeper level simply what Scripture is saying and what it means for us. A great way to comprehend Scripture is to read it, but also to have other people help us read it well, whether that's listening to sermons or reading a study Bible as we read. And finally, Foster teaches that these steps will lead us to the last step, which is reflection, where we are honest with ourselves about what we're reading in scripture requires of us and how we can apply it to our lives to become more fully like Christ. And really, all of these inward disciplines tied together, especially as we reflect on scripture after we've studied it. Essentially, we are meditating on it in a practical way. We do so through fasting, and we do so as we pray and ask God to help us become more like him as we engage in these inward disciplines.
3: Hello, Canvas family. Uh, My name is John Martin. Super excited and thankful just to share a couple minutes of what my daily spiritual disciplines look like um, and kind of the routine that I've built in my life. Um, before I jump into this, I want to be very real that there's not necessarily uh, this cookie cutter way to do things. It's going to look different for different people, um, you know, varying schedules, different ways that people connect and engage. Um, but obviously the goal and the content is going to be the same, right? The goal is to magnify Christ in your life and live in according to, to his will. Um, And then the content is going to be um, the word of God, prayer, worship, these kinds of things. So what I've done in my own life is blocked out two sessions per day. Uh, The morning session is uh, spent in the word of God. Um, So I'll spend an hour slowly reading scripture, meditating on it, um, praying um, for ways that I can apply this to my life, um, what I've been learning that day. Um, so that's what my morning looks like and just a very, uh, adamant way to set my mind on Christ, um, to push away distractions, things that might be clouding my, my mind and to set them on, on the Lord. So then obviously when that time's done, I go in. Uh, work and do whatever else I'm doing that day. Um, in the evening, it's more of kind of my worship time. So I set another hour before I go to bed. It's kind of my nightly routine. Um, throw the headphones in. Um, maybe light a candle if I'm feeling if I'm feeling bougie. Um, no, it's not about atmosphere at all. Uh, but I set my mind on Christ and I spend that time worshiping Him and glorifying Him, um, thanking Him uh, for. All the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. Um, So that's a time where I'm like, no, Kate, doesn't matter what time it is. I got to block that out because he is worthy of the praise. Um, So I know that before I go to bed, I got a, you know, time budget for for an hour to do that. Um, And that has been so incredible. Um, I think of a verse in uh, the book of Colossians, it says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Right? So as Christians, um, our goal is to, to magnify Christ, to seek the things that are above um, and Having these daily routines in your life are so important because they keep you on that path um, and help you um, not get distracted by the things of this world. Um, so, yeah, guys, I hope this encourages you to uh, set those those routines in your life um, and to uh, yeah, just to, to spend time doing it. So um, yeah, thank you so much for listening.
0: To continue our conversation on the celebration of discipline, We will briefly discuss the Outward Disciplines. As with the Inward Disciplines, Richard Foster describes four disciplines that are outwardly focused. These are spiritual practices that we are invited and encouraged to engage in for external growth. These are disciplines that should shape the way that we live and that should help us grow deeper in our relationship with other people. Of course, spiritual growth always begins on the inside and in our personal relationship with Christ, and it works its way from the inside out. But it is not enough for us to simply grow internally. We must also grow on the outside and become more like Jesus every day in our words and actions. The first outward discipline that Foster describes in this section of his book is simplicity. Generally speaking, he defines simplicity as the ability to focus all of one's life onto Christ, and to eliminate that which tends to distract us in our lives from following Him completely. He teaches that this simplicity begins on the inside, as developed through the inward disciplines that we've already discussed. But then he goes on to describe how important it is for us to be simply focused on following Jesus. There's a famous Kierkegaard quote that says, Purity of heart is to will one thing. We should be people who are focused on following Jesus and focused on seeking his kingdom first. And scripture teaches that if we do that, everything else in our lives will fall into place. For Foster, he highlights this by talking about an important aspect of simplicity, which is material simplicity. He points out that we tend to be easily distracted by things like possessions and money. He writes, The Bible deals constantly with the inner spirit of slavery that an idolatrous attachment to wealth brings. He then encourages readers to reflect on their relationship with their possessions and to reflect on any addictions or patterns in their life that are distracting them from maintaining simplicity in their lives. The second outward discipline discussed in this section is solitude. Foster teaches how important it is for each of us to regularly retreat from being with other people in order to be alone with God. We so often distract ourselves with noise and Netflix and podcasts like this one and other people that we tend to become numb to the voice of God in our lives. Foster teaches, rather, that we must find times of silence and stillness, where we are alone with God, and where we can be fully honest in our relationship with Him. He also goes on to describe the relational benefits of solitude, that the more time we spend on our own, the more time we spend meditating and being alone with God, the more able we are to be present with the people around us. He says that we must seek out the recreating stillness of solitude— if we want to be with God and with others meaningfully. The third outward discipline that Foster writes about is submission. Now, submitting to Christ, to others, and to those who are in spiritual authority over us, is a spiritual discipline that we must develop as we grow to become more like Jesus. Christ himself submitted to the people around him, not out of weakness, but actually out of strength. In fact, we are taught in Philippians 2 that he submitted himself to death on a cross for our behalf. Therefore, as we learn to become more like him, we will also learn to submit to other people. He also spends a good amount of this chapter describing how we, ironically, find freedom in submission, how we find joy and peace when we lay down what he calls the terrible burden of always needing to get our own way. Of course, he teaches also that there are limits to submission, like when people are abusing their power, but that we must learn to become more humble and to lay down our pride as we grow in this spiritual discipline. And the fourth and final outward discipline is service. This one is fairly self explanatory and it's very much connected to submission. As Christ followers, we are called to serve the people around us. We are called to see their needs and to respond to them in love. One of the greatest examples of service in the Bible is Christ washing the feet of the disciples. And after washing their feet, he commands us to do the same, to wash each other's feet as he has done for us. And so, as we grow in the inward disciplines, one of the primary outward disciplines that we should grow in is service. We should be people who regularly engage in the spiritual discipline of looking for needs around us and then looking for ways to respond to those needs in love. Friends, in this episode, we have given a brief overview of a few of the spiritual disciplines that Richard Foster covers in the Celebration of Discipline. First of all, we simply encourage you to read this book for yourself. It has a lot of wisdom in it. We would also encourage you, though, to think and pray about these disciplines, these eight that we've covered, and consider how you can find space in your life to begin or continue growing in each one. Now, remember, it's most important to begin with the internal disciplines, like meditation and prayer, before we move on to our lifestyle and how we live our lives. And although it may feel overwhelming to hear about all these disciplines, it's important to remember that they are interconnected. When we grow in one discipline, we tend to grow in the others as well, and we can't really just separate them and and work on them in categories or in chunks. We tend to grow to become more like Christ holistically. As young adults, it's my prayer that we would each learn how to become more disciplined in our everyday lives as we follow Christ. Hi, friends, and welcome to the interview here on the Canvas Continued Podcast. Today, I am sitting across from Cheryl Lee. Hello. Hi, Cheryl. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Now, I think that a lot of people listening will likely know who you are. A lot of them attend our church, see you on live streams, hopefully, in person a little bit now these days. But for those who don't, could you give us a quick introduction to who you are and share a little bit about how long you've been at Grant and, and your process there?
4: Yes. Okay. So my name is Sharalee Smith and I am a prairie girl at heart. I am married with four daughters. They are almost all in the teenage years. It is wild and crazy, <laughs> but it's really the funnest because their personalities and their even their belief systems are really starting to evolve hmm. and They have thoughts that are contrary to what we've ingrained in them, <laughs> which is creative and exciting. And we have tons of dialogue. Uh, so, and I've been at Grant for almost three years, mm-hmm. came from, have lived uh, in Australia. We're in BC for 10 years. My husband and I planted some churches out there, moved back to Manitoba, did a church plant here. And then just the way the Lord moves mysteriously, we ended up at Grant Memorial. Yeah. So it's been a ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like Grant in good ways and maybe in not so good ways is probably very different than a lot of churches that you were in before. Is that fair to say?
4: That is fair. I mean, I have run the gamut. I grew up in the EMC church, which is Mennonite of okay. some form. Yeah. And then I got baptized at the MB church. Oh, okay. Moved yeah. to Hillsong Church, which I don't know. There's some kind of Australian Christian church situation, and then moved to BC where we were part of the the Word of Faith movement, like connected mm-hmm. to Rama. Bible school in the states, right, and then catch the fire in Winnipeg. Yeah, and my husband's Anglican, so we really? are like oh, a spiritual mutt. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. And the best part is, a spiritual is that tapestry. Yes, that's <laughs> mu- yeah, that's much more beautiful. Actually, that's funny. I was thinking about the word mutt, and I thought that sounds awful. You're right. We are a tapestry of uh, grace. Yeah, and the best part a is in mosaic is everywhere we go. You know, the Holy Spirit is here, and so. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I could chat more about that later on in our conversation, but sure. it's been pretty cool to just grow in our faith and um, yeah, being a Grant has been a whole new thing.
0: Okay, so our theme for the month of October is spiritual disciplines. So what we're focusing on this month is reminding young adults, those who are listening, um, of the importance of spiritual disciplines from the what we'd call the basic ones, like Bible reading and prayer, to maybe ones that people aren't as familiar with, Uh, things like meditation, things like practicing solitude. Um, So we'd love to hear just generally for you in your life, as you look back on your own relationship with God and the different seasons you've walked through, um, what are a few of the spiritual disciplines uh, that you found helpful um, and that you've experienced in your own relationship with God?
4: Yes, okay, so uh, early on, I just, I actually find it amazing. I can't remember what triggered my passion for the Word, but I have uh, the NIV Study Bible. I don't know if any of you have those really thick, big, huge monster <laughs> Bibles, um, but early on, like probably in my teenage, junior high years, I got one of those big beauties, and uh, I would just, I love to read the Word. So even when I go back and look at that Bible, which I don't use as much anymore, I would read like a book of the Bible Mm -hmm. and then I would like date it on the top. Like I read this in 1993. I I did that
0: too, actually. And with books I was reading, books of the Bible and then other books as well. Kind of
4: to remind myself Mm -hmm. of that season in life or whatever. And I'm a huge uh, journal reader. Like I love to go back to my journals and kind of read about what the Lord is speaking to me in different situations. And so sometimes even those dates connect. And so, so that is, so yeah, reading the word for me has been top priority for a long time. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm going to proudly declare I have never read the entire Bible. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have tried to do Bible reading um, plans, like the year, Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I those do not give me those would just be a discipline. <laughs> right, <laughs> but yep. There's other areas in my life that I just do things because they're discipline. Right, and yep. so for me, reading the word is just more of a, a passion hunt. It's just like mm-hmm. finding what's alive in the moment and reading through that. And so I spend a ton of time reading in the New Testament. Um, I love the epistles. and um, But what I was going to say about reading the word is that I used to love to read late into the night. Mm-hmm. And then having... By my fourth child, I could hardly wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'd often there would be eyeballs looking at me before I would be ready to leave <laughs> right. the horizontal yeah. position. Yeah. And the lord just said if you do not get your eyes on me before you see those eyes in the morning, you mm. are not going to make it. Wow. Not make it like I wasn't on death, you know. He's <laughs> yeah, still a threat. <laughs> <laughs> He's like eh. and then there was lightning and yeah. thunder. It was, it was awful. Crazy. <laughs> No, so that totally didn't happen. But um, yeah, so that is my, that is what I do. When I wake up in the morning, I grab my Bible and my journal. I sit, I stop. Mm -hmm. I'm quiet a lot. Sometimes I fall asleep again. So I try and stay in a sitting position. So I do eventually wake up when I do the chicken conk and I wake up. Yeah, for sure. Um, You must have to
0: get up pretty early then. Well, my
4: alarm starts waking me up just after six. Oh,
0: wow. Uh, okay.
4: this year, my girls, my little girls actually are homeschooled, so they sleep in. Oh, nice. So I okay. wake them, I wake them after my quiet time. My mm-hmm. big girls get up and get ready and get out the door, but my little girls, um, I usually wake them up and, and one of the cool things I've actually been doing lately is I wake them up. So over the years we homeschooled for eight years mm-hmm. and did all of our, not all, but much of our memory work. Um, I would just write songs to the scripture. Oh, so okay. we, yep. so my little girls know all these fun Christian or Bible songs that we just were memorizing the word and mm-hmm. sing. So I, my favorite thing right now, I know probably none of you are parents yet, but I love waking <laughs> I my kids up. Yeah. I love waking my girls in the morning. So mm-hmm. I go down to their room and I just usually sing one of the memory songs that hmm. we've learned. And because mm-hmm. I just want them to have the word flowing through their heart and their mind and through mine. So right. yep. when I'm singing the word, I think about what I'm singing. And so that would kind of be like my meditation. So there's Bible reading, which I love. And then the meditation side of things would be a lot of the songs, like I don't write a million songs, but that I would ever sing or play for anybody. But the songs that I do write and sing are usually from the word.
0: Right. So it's just okay. a way for me to yep.
4: memorize and meditate on the word. So right. uh, those would be two areas that I have lots of experience mm-hmm. in.
0: So so you mentioned for Bible reading specifically, it kind of began when you were a teenager. Is yeah. that fair to say? Where do you think you got that? I mean, okay, the desire came from the Holy Spirit. Totally. But where else do you think that came from, that influence in your life? Was it, was it friends? Was it a church you're in? Was it parents? Like, how did you sort of lock in? Because I think in teenage years... Um, a lot of people who grew up in the church are told how important it is to be, you know, passionate about reading the word. But many don't, myself included. So I'm totally. curious if you can trace that a little bit.
4: I know I have because I've I'm obviously praying for my girls for a hunger for right. the word, yeah. and uh, you know, it just like so when I was so young, I think I just. Like, lucky me. I just had such a live relationship with the Lord from a really young mm-hmm. age. And so yeah. I don't remember anybody telling me. I just, I can see so clearly, like, just being in my room when I was even little and just doing a devotional or reading the Word. And so I guess, like, I just think it was a supernatural thing. Like, I mm-hmm. don't think anybody told me. My mom, like, my I don't remember my mom and dad telling me, like, go do your devotions. Right. Like, I harp on my kids. Yeah. Like, go read the Word. And <laughs> right, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I am... Praying, actually, I'm just often asking the Lord, like, what was it that was the trigger? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Being musical helped
2: because
4: what I put into my heart um, and what I sang out was usually Christian stuff. Like I didn't listen to a lot of non-Christian music when I was young. Sure. Yeah. And when I did, when I was allowed to like go and buy a CD and I bought the (laughs) bad ones, like my little tender heart, like I remember having this one CD and she was this girl that I was just, like, worshipping and adoring, mm-hmm. and I actually just, like, broke it and threw it out. Oh, wow. I did okay. that with one CD. I did, didn't do that with a lot, but, right. you know, yeah. that I still had that tenderness for music, and I still do. Like, for me, what I what goes into my ears, mm-hmm. what I meditate on. So, oddly enough, being a total music lover, I do not listen to music in my car. Oh, okay. I love silence.
0: Okay, and yep.
4: I don't even sing. Like I love. I Kate, Another funny thing I was thinking of when yeah. I was thinking of chatting with you is I don't listen to music in my car and yeah. at worship nights. If I'm not leading or on stage, I often don't sing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Should I feel bad?
0: No, I. You know what? I actually am kind of the same way. I yeah. know, and I it's love
4: not that to just take it in and just listen to what's being said and yeah. like the different things that are happening. So yeah, weird, but
0: yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, And can you speak a little bit to worship as a spiritual discipline? It sounds like that, along with Bible reading, has been a huge part of your relationship with God. Um, Just tracing that history for us briefly, when did you start getting involved in leading worship and and in helping others, which is a spiritual discipline?
4: Yeah, totally. Well... So I went to one of the churches like in the olden days, which maybe lots of churches did this, but we had like special number on Sunday morning. Right, yeah. So like maybe during the offering, we'd have like a special number. So as a four year old, that was my first, I sang about the cows in the field. They chew their cud all day. And when the farmer comes around, they give their milk away. So that was my first song I did at church. That was a song in church? My dad had his leg (laughs) on (laughs) uh, it was about give, 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 give each and every day. Like those cows keep giving their milk away. So my dad, (laughs) like played the guitar with his leg on the piano bench and I stood on the piano bench.
0: Wow. That was my
4: first official, uh, star moment. Right. Yeah. And then the coolest thing is, is as I had the opportunity to sing and I had like great older women that would encourage me and like my piano player accompanists, they would just like speak such life over me. And, and then people started asking, like if I would even sing at other churches and stuff, like really young, like 10, 11, 12. Oh wow. Okay. So. I started to notice that when I would sing, I would like physically sense the presence of God. Like Mm -hmm. I learned at a young age that that was what I was experiencing. As I grew in my own sensitivity and awareness of the Holy Spirit, I could see him on other people. So I remember this one time when I was just starting to figure out the Lord and I went, sang the song, just did all my best and then went sat down and like my dad had tears like Mm -hmm. on his face and I just leaned over and I'm like, dad, like why are you crying? And Mm -hmm. he was, he just said like, well, I just sensed the Holy Spirit like when you sang it was so beautiful mm-hmm. or whatever. So I think there was such satisfaction for me as a kid mm-hmm. and it was such a holy thing mm-hmm. that it just must have been the f- the feeder <laughs> to just continue to feed my hunger to be in that situation and to be in that moment of worship and just really learning to yeah. experience the presence of God, whatever I was doing.
0: Right. That's awesome. And I think that the lesson, i not that I'm trying to draw a lesson out yeah. of this for young adults, but I think what I'm reminded of is that for each person, um, their spiritual disciplines will look different, will mm-hmm. be different. You mentioned with the Bible that certain reading plans don't work for you. Others do. You mentioned that from a young age, you discovered it was through singing, through worshiping, through song that um, helped you connect with the spirit. Like, And I think that's a great reminder for a lot of people. They may be and I've been in my life discouraged when I've been trying to copy somebody else's spiritual mm-hmm. discipline, somebody else's way of connecting with God, and it doesn't quite work for me. And that could be because of personality or, yeah, or whatever. Totally. But I think that's a great reminder um, to young adults who maybe are, are feeling I don't know, dry in the relationship with God that maybe just try something else. If worshiping through music isn't doing it for you, try painting, try Mm -hmm. something different, try journaling, as you mentioned. Um, Yeah, so that's really encouraging to kind of hear your journey through that. Um, so as we look into today, uh, I would love to hear and for you to share with our young adults, uh, what are you personally learning and growing in, in your relationship with God?
4: Yeah. So I feel like 20 years ago, we're coming up on our 21st wedding anniversary. Wow. Okay. I know, oh my word, end of this month. Uh, so right when we got married, uh, Ian and I went to Bible school for two years mm-hmm. and we were plucked from our Anglican Mennonite church into this <laughs> crazy wild, um, Holy Spirit church. That was just what we were hungering for, but we had never uh, really experienced. And... Um when we finished our two years of Bible school, we had like tons of favors. So we just ended up in conversations with like the people that you all hear about today. It was just right. like one of those wacky seasons. So when we left Bible school, we just like knew everything. Right, We were like solid, <laughs> like world changing right. yeah. material. Like you wanted us. And so it. Uh, we spent the first few years uh, with like older leaders, Discipling us and kind of banging our heads against the wall some of the time because we just obviously knew everything. Great, yeah. and uh, so I would say that as I've grown, mm-hmm. I just recognize I just know less and less um, in a way to want to fight for my way or my thoughts.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And
4: yeah. I'm so I'm so cool to just sit back and listen. Hmm. Well, and trust that the Lord speaks to everybody hmm. in different ways. Right. Like I refuse to put him in a box mm-hmm. because I have seen like, you know, we've been to all these different kinds of churches and right. we've yep. seen a whole ton of stuff that um some of it we just embraced in our own walk. And then some of it we haven't, sure. you know, yeah. we're, we're, we've just really learned, we're trying to be humble and not think we know everything and, spend more time especially in this season with the media so berserk um like second corinthians 3 says like i contemplate you and i become like you like you know Mm, in the scripture it says with the spirit of the lord is his freedom and um those who contemplate him or those who look to him are radiant and we become like him and so Mm. i'm just like gonna talk less about what i think i know and just be quiet and soak in his presence and In that way, hopefully gain wisdom. Yeah. Because I'm not like fighting for my case.
0: Right. Yeah.
4: I think that's a seasoning thing. I think that as Mm. you hit the later years in life, you realize you know less and hopefully we get wiser.
0: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I I think some of the young adults, myself included, who are listening are beginning to experience that where Mm -hmm. I think in your early young adult years, um, and this timeline is obviously different for everybody. You're so sure of the world and you've got it figured out. Mm -hmm. This is how it works. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. Even specifically in church, this is the way church needs to be this, you know, and other people are doing it wrong for whatever reason. And then the more you experience and the more you kind of realize like, um, there's a lot of different ways of, like I said before, connecting with God personally. And as a corporate church, there's so many different ways of expressing, um, church and being a church together from the liturgical, like Ian's background in the Anglican church to the Pentecostal and the, um, the charismatic movements. Like there's something I think for us to learn in all of it, um, and helps point us to Jesus. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Canvas Continued on the Not the Artist podcast from Grant Memorial Church. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a show and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at at CanvasGMC.